Well, certainly there have been so many stories about a fatal stabbing that took place this past weekend in downtown Vancouver. We know that the victim, 37-year-old Paul Schmidt, was killed after a short altercation outside that Starbucks. It happened around 5.40 in the evening on Sunday. And of course, there were witnesses. There were people that saw this unfold. Police came out asking for witnesses to come forward. But we've also unfortunately seen that some people are sharing the video and it is extremely graphic and that has raised some more questions about should there be a law when it comes to sharing graphic video of something that you have witnessed well Sarah Lehman is joining us now lawyer and founder of the Sarah Lehman Law Group Sarah thank you so much for coming on the show to talk more about this Thank you for having me on. It's just horrific looking at what happened here. And we've heard from the victim's mother. Uh, She, too, uh, talked uh, briefly about uh, how disturbing it was to know that that people got video of this, got photos and were sharing it. Uh, What is your response or your take on when witnesses do that or do share that kind of really graphic, graphic footage? Well, I mean, this video was just particularly shocking and graphic. I think that anybody who's um, seen it can agree with that. Um, It shows really, you know, what is the most vulnerable moments of of a person um, who is suffering at the very end of their life. It is absolutely horrendous. It has no business online. Um, You know, from a legal perspective, however, it can be difficult to try to uh, manage what people post online, uh, particularly when um, it's showing images like these, uh, which don't fall under any officially designated category that would apply to some criminal offense, for example. Um, so it is really, really troubling. It's a phenomenon now with social media more often than not. I think we're going to you know, see, unfortunately, things like this happen. And it may be that the law has to catch up in order to respond to it. And I, I, we can understand, I, I suppose, how something like this could start in that uh, when you see something in public, whether it's somebody screaming or you see uh, an altercation or you see the beginning of, say, a fight, it, it is like you said, everybody's got these devices. So it almost has become almost second nature. People will start recording it to whether it's to to do that to maybe it's going to be evidence later on or you just want to have a record of this. So, so more and more people are doing that. But in this this case, when things progressed and things, like you said, you see the the most vulnerable part of someone's life, you see someone being killed. Uh, is, is the onus on, on the public to, to turn the phone off, to turn the recording off or to, to, to step away? Or, or how does that work, do you think? Well, I mean, I think it comes down to a moral issue at the end of the day. I mean, videos like this can have quite a bit of evidentiary value if we're talking about um, courtroom proceedings. I have seen videos like this, like videos of fights, for example, uh, videos of assault, for example, that can be used and have been used in the course of criminal uh, proceedings. Um, So it can be certainly very, very useful, but it also has really no business online. And I mean, that's just my opinion of it. Uh, not only uh, from, again, a moral perspective, but also uh, because it could create some issues with respect to an accused person, for example, getting a fair trial. If we've already had trial by media, you know, it might be even more a juror that can actually um, serve their proper function in a courtroom, for example. 
So there's so many different dimensions to this. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I think that discretion is the most important thing that a person can have uh, if they encounter something like this. And we know that there are policies. I think Twitter has a policy about sharing excessively gruesome images or videos or, or showing something that shows uh, somebody who is deceased. Does it come down if it's not something that, that would be looked at maybe as a criminal, uh, something that would be brought into criminal law? Could it be police, do you think, in that sense, in that it would be up to different social media platforms to ban, to ban things like this? I think it has to be. I think that that is where the onus ultimately falls because it is these platforms that are hosting the content. And so if the content that the platform is displaying um, is gruesome, disturbing, um, you know, in some cases we see policies around pornographic material, for example, that is pretty well regulated, um, you know, maybe they need to start applying uh, those types of policies to uh, this type of content as well and being more vigilant about what goes up and also when it comes down. I'm glad you brought that up as an example, because I was curious if there is overlap or if it's something, if this was going to be something that was going to be looked at to maybe become enshrined in law, would it be something like that? Because if you are somebody who say you, and I know there have been court cases where, and again, it's absolutely awful, and I I don't know why people would do this, but there have been cases where uh, people have recorded a sexual assault and then shared that video. That itself, that, that is breaking a law, isn't it? Yeah, so sharing intimate images without consent um, is definitely illegal. Um, And so, you know, there is, I guess, an argument that could be made that this is also an intimate image that has been shared without consent. I mean, I think we're taking it um, outside of the realm of what legislation legislation intended it to be. But um, it's possible that maybe we could adapt that definition in order to keep up and respond to uh, changing times. Um, You know, it's so unfortunate that we even have to have a conversation like this. Um, We just would hope that people could do the right thing in the moment or, you know, that we wouldn't even have to have to deal with these types of situations on our streets. No, exactly. And and the fact that the family now has to ask people, please, to stop sharing this video and to, to stop putting it out there, I, I mean, is sad as well. I mean, this family's going through uh, uh, being completely devastated by what's happening and then having to deal with this as well. It, it seems strange that, that people think it was a good idea to share the video at all. Um, does this show, and you kind of touched on this, though, but does this show a growing gap between technology and the law? Yeah, I mean, the law is always a little bit slow when it comes to keeping up with technology. And now that we have people walking around with very powerful cameras and recording devices right there in their pocket, um, and also uh, widespread access to social media, um, I think that we're going to see the law struggling to keep up and to adjust in a timely manner uh, to, to deal with these things. I mean, we regularly do see judges refer to different social media platforms, you know, in various court cases, uh, even when imposing, for instance, bail conditions and things like that. Um, I, it's not unusual to see them refer to these um, types of uh, advances in technology and social media, but um, we're always going to see novel situations like this come up, and unfortunately, it is ultimately a game of catch-up. Could there be a case then, if the, the if it technically isn't breaking any kind of criminal law, would somebody in this case have a civil case about privacy invasion or something like that? 
I mean, there could be a potential for that. Unfortunately, it's not my area of practicing in civil law, so I would have to leave that up to a civil lawyer. Um, but, I mean, it could be open for the family or the loved ones of this person to make an argument about uh, hardship, pain and suffering as a result of this video being out there. All right. Uh, do, do you think there will be changes or is there enough conversation being had about this uh, that we will see an attempt to, to make that gap between technology and the law uh, close or to make it so, uh, unfortunately, because we are seeing videos and, and photos of things when they happen, that we will have a serious conversation on that level of perhaps changing the laws? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we always need to find um, a legislative answer to every social problem that we have, uh, you know. But that being said, I think that it's very valuable to have this conversation because at least it will make people pause and think twice uh, about what they do online and about what they're recording and posting without consent or permission. All right. So it is a, a very important discussion to be having for sure. Sarah Lehman, we'll leave it there. But as always, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me.